Hi, everybody. This is Liz Baker-Wade, and I'm here at the Birth Nurse Podcast with my podcast partner, Sheena Brickner. What's up? Hey, Sheena. (laughs) How are you? I'm pretty good. Good? Yeah. Beginning of the year. I'm surprised Mm -hmm. that, um, you know, I I had several, like, holiday babies uh, for lactation visits. I know. You've been busy. But I'm surprised that this January has been kind of slow. You know, we had three and a half really slow weeks in labor and delivery. Mm. Of course, then we get slammed. Yeah. Just feel like there was a weird lull yeah. for a little while. And then, whoop, the board's filling up. So I think right. you're going to get busy. Okay. I, hope I happen so. to know you're going to be busy <laughs> in the next few months. Well, that's great. The great it's news great. for me. It is good for you. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about something really interesting. And I only have a very tiny little bit of information about this subject, which is tongue ties. Mm -hmm. Um, As a labor and delivery nurse, I do everything I can to get the newborn skin to skin and on the breast for a good long feed during the awake alert phase. It's really, really important to me and our patients. And every now and then we come up against tongue tied. So Shana, tell us everything we need to know about tongue ties, please. Welcome to the Birth Nurses Podcast. I'm Shana Brickner from Preparented, and I'm joined by my co-host Liz Baker-Wade from Birth and Beyond in Santa Monica. We are the Birth Nurses. In this podcast, we talk about birth and nursing practice and labor and delivery, and in a broader sense, the whole world of nursing too. From two women who have been on both sides of the birthing bed, we've got some things to talk about that will enhance your understanding of birth. Whether you're a first-time pregnant parent, a parent to one or more babies, or a professional in the birth world, this podcast is for you. Join me and Liz and special guests as we share and learn from each other here on the Birth Nurses Podcast. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you've heard the term tongue tie or lip tie. The category that we can put this in officially is tethered oral tissues. There's also something called buccal or buccal ties, Mm -hmm. which are kind of in the cheek area of the baby. And there are some tongue ties which are really obvious. You look at that baby's mouth and you see the frenum or the Mm -hmm. frenulum that's connecting the base of the tongue, or sorry, the underneath of the tongue Mm -hmm. to the base of the mouth. Mm -hmm. And it looks really short. And tight, yeah. that is an obvious anterior tongue tie. Anterior. Which means towards the front. Tie. Okay. But there's also posterior tongue ties, which is towards the back of the tongue. And so if we want to, um, you know, get some statistics on this, mm-hmm. there's kind of some varying um, information out there on the internet. Most, um, most sites, most articles say that tethered oral tissues occur in 4 to 10 or 11% of newborn babies. I feel like it. But it's if we include posterior ties, mm-hmm. buccal or buccal ties, lip ties, there's a higher percentage and I don't even know how we can get come up with that percentage. Some people think it's even more in like the wow. 60 to 70% range, mm-hmm. which in my Clinical experience, I don't know if it would be that high yet. I do oral assessments on every one of my babies mm-hmm. that I see. And um, I think it takes takes a, a skilled and experienced eye, but also 
Um, it's it's not about what it looks like all the time. Mm-hmm. It's also about the function of the baby's mouth. So, you mean like how a mom feels when the baby's actually sucking, latching on the breast? Yes, pain that, or and baby what, gra- yeah. trying its grasp. And what happens during the suckling and the latching and mm-hmm. Is there transfer of milk going on? Because maybe the baby is latching well. Mom doesn't feel any pain. Okay, that's great. Mm-hmm. We check that off the list. But we do a weighted feed and baby's not transferring any of that milk and is unsatisfied after the feeding and isn't having enough wet and poopy diapers. Okay, there's a transfer issue going on where baby is not removing that milk from the mom's breasts and not drinking the milk because it's not being removed. So are there varying degrees of severity of these ties? Like sometimes I feel like I see it Mm -hmm. and I would put a gloved finger in the newborn's mouth after delivery to see if they're trying to suck and they can get their tongue under my finger. Yes. And sometimes they can't. Yes. So that's part of my assessment as well. Mm -hmm. I'm looking to see the range of motion Mm -hmm. for the baby's tongue. I do this thing called brushing the baby's gums. Mm-hmm. So I have a finger. I'm brushing one side of baby's gum, kind of a little bit of stimulation on one side. And I want to see if that tongue can follow my finger. Ah, interesting. Then I go to the other side. Okay, can that tongue go to the other side and follow my finger? Then I do the suck assessment, put my gloved finger inside, see how it feels against my finger. Is the tongue cupping around my finger mm-hmm. or is it just kind of? Scraping, not doing that propelling motion that we want to see with and for the purpose and the function of that tongue to to do what it needs to do, move that milk back into the baby's throat. So yes, there are varying degrees based on what it looks like and so the form, what it looks like and the function. And um, there's, so we could, Grade it on levels, level one through four. Oh, really? For a tongue, mm-hmm. for a tongue tie. Um, and we can also say, is it anterior? Is it posterior? What's the shape of the frenulum? Sometimes it looks like an Eiffel Tower. Right. And sometimes it looks really skinny, and sometimes it looks really thick, like a thick band. Mm-hmm. So there's multiple ways that we um, qualify and describe the frenum to the provider who potentially is going to do a tongue tie release. Right. Who does the tongue tie release? Is it always the pediatrician? It's not always the pediatrician. I know Um, there's a couple that do it. There are some pediatricians who do it. Most often, it's an ENT, ear, nose, throat doctor, or a pediatric dentist who has skill and experience in releasing tongue ties. This is called a phrenotomy or a phrenectomy. Mm. Um, And The pediatric dentists that I refer to use something called a CO2 laser. Mm -hmm. So they have this tool and um, they swaddle the baby. So Mm -hmm. the baby's arms are nice and cozy. And then there's an assistant who is helping to open up baby's mouth with Mm -hmm. um, kind of like a, what do you call it? Like the retractor. A retractor kind Mm -hmm. of thing to keep baby's mouth open. And then the CO2 laser kind of shoots cold air mm-hmm. out and it it cauterizes the tissue as it is detaching the tongue tie. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say a horrible word like slice or 
You can say in size. In size, yeah. I mean, I've seen um, pediatricians do it with a teeny tiny scissor right there in the recovery room. Yeah, One, two, sometimes three. scissors are used. I find more success with the recovery when it's the CO2 laser. Really? There's decreased risk of infection, decreased bleeding. Oh, good to know. And the healing process usually um, goes really smoothly. Okay, so I'm labor and delivery uh, 33 years. (laughs) 34 years, March. Never heard of the CO2 laser. Yeah, yeah. So um, there are some pediatric dentists who specialize in this. They, They see children for dentistry and cleaning teeth, but they also see infants up to age two usually to do tongue tie or lip tie release. So um, yeah, when I'm doing my assessment, I am going, I'm not just using my eyeballs to see like, oh, is your baby tongue tied? No, it's fine. I'm going in with my fingers. I'm lifting up that baby's tongue. I'm even kind of like pinching the Mm -hmm. frenum to see is it blanching? Is it really tight and restricting the baby's tongue from lifting all the way to the roof of baby's mouth, which is so important? I'm Elizabeth Baker Wade. I am a labor and delivery nurse, registered nurse, birth educator, and podcaster. My birth education classes are concentrated on how to have a better hospital birth and high-risk pregnancy. What's high-risk? What does that mean? High-risk are moms who are experiencing histories of chronic hypertension, pregnancy-induced hypertension, we call that preeclampsia, insulin-dependent diabetes, infertility, and other comorbidities in their pregnancy which bumped them into a higher risk category. Mm. Why do you like to teach about high-risk pregnancies? Because there's going to be more interventions often in the high-risk mom. And getting familiar with the vernacular and understanding the risk-benefit of these interventions and why your obstetrician is going to bring them up and getting prepared for what's going to happen in the hospital, I think can really greatly reduce fear and anxiety and... A lot of moms out there have comorbidities these days. It's true. We need to help them out on their way. Making peace with intervention when necessary helps for a better, smoother labor and delivery, I think. How can someone sign up for your class? They can go to birthandbeyond.net. You can email me at liz at birthandbeyond.net. I will respond within 24 hours. All my schedules, fees, and times are on my website. I also have a consultation membership and a text me anything membership for a month at a time where I will answer as many texts as you need for questions that come up out of the blue. Lots of texts come after the appointment, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> I just had an appointment with my LB and I what don't does understand. This mean? Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm at birthandbeyond.net. Imagine that, and I've seen it, that when a baby is on the breast, what I'm looking for just when I'm in the role of the baby nurse that mm-hmm. day, let's say I might do labor and delivery and I might be in the OR, I might be baby nurse. What we're assessing is good latch, suck and swallow, audible Definitely. swallowing, good latch, flanged mouth like a fish, and that there's that they're actually expressing breast milk. Mm-hmm. But when babies are all tense and scrunched up, I mean, what are some of the some of the signs that 
they're trying. Yes. And they're getting frustrated and they seem like they're working so hard. Yeah. Great question. Well, I'll answer that kind of with a little anecdotal story and clinical experience. So I met with a mom who, this is her third baby. Mm-hmm. And she noticed right away that her baby's mouth was so small and tight. Mm-hmm. Not just like, okay, that's a small baby, but mm-hmm. the lips, everything about trying to latch was a struggle. And this is her third time in this rodeo. Like, she knows what a good latch feels like. And so, now I forgot your question. <laughs> How, what are some other signs? Yeah. Seeing You see tension. You see hypertonia in a baby. Flexion, arms, legs. Tight fists, shoulders up to the baby's ears. The mouth can't open wide. We don't see the under portion of baby's lips when they're latched on the breast. Mm. And typically this causes nipple pain for mom. Oh, yeah. And poor weight gain for Mm -hmm. baby Mm -hmm. and poor transfer of that milk, Mm -hmm. right? So, yeah, we couple a tongue tie release Mm -hmm. with body work Mm -hmm. to help with this. Imagine that... Uh, you've been squished up in a tight ball for your whole life. Um, or here's another another analogy. Imagine that your shoelaces have been tied together. So like each shoe, right? The laces were tied to each other. Right. And you're trying to walk. Right. You could do you could do a little bit of waddling and and maybe get where <laughs> you need to go. But then once the shoelaces are cut. And you can use that full range of motion to walk. You're not using your whole You're body gonna just to fall try to fall down. Up, right, like, right. You don't know how to do this. And so for a baby who's really tense, tight, hypertonic, and with the tongue tie release, we don't want to just be like, oh, here's a quick fix. Let's release that tongue tie. Let's snip it, whatever. There's more involved. So do it. they need like mouth therapy or suck therapy or therapy to relax the neck muscles and the shoulders and kind of lean in? Like, how yes. do we help these babies? Yes. Liz, you ask great questions. I'm... Yes. Um, I had no idea that it was this much. I don't know why we, you and I have never talked about this over the years. Um, yeah. So we call it oral habilitation. Really? We are trying to get baby back up to where baby should have been at, at birth. Um, so... There's a lot involved, and we want to pull in all the the providers to help with this. Speech therapists sometimes, occupational therapists, um, chiropractors, craniosacral therapists who can work on baby's body and prep baby before the release and then also help baby continue with that recovery. And I there's some am going to ask my cousin, Heather, yeah. Heather oh, Valinsky. I send... So many of my clients Heather to Valinsky, Dr. Valinsky. Yeah. Nurture family chiropractic. We yep. send her lots of babies. Yep. If she works on, I bet she does. She does. And that's why I send them to her because oh, she's skilled in that area. And pediatric chiropractic work is so gentle. Mm-hmm. You you think of chiropractic as chiropractic work is like popping and cracking. Oh. But for a little baby, that's scary to think about, yeah. right? <laughs> I know that Dr. Valinsky uses such gentle pressure, but it's so intentional. So Mm -hmm. where she's placing her fingers on baby's neck or shoulder blade or arm is going to help release 
the tension that baby is holding on to, really which will then aid in baby's recovery from that tongue tie release. Okay, so moral of story, if your baby is screaming, crying, can't latch, tucked, and they call you, you're going to... Oh, I'm for sure going to assess for I a tongue tie. I need to lay tie. eyes on this one. Yeah. This is a visit, visit. And sometimes there's no tongue tie, but there's tension. Yeah. So I would still send that baby to get some body work done, a pediatric right. chiropractor, Love craniosacral it. therapist. Um, but oftentimes mm-hmm. the tension is paired with the tethered oral tissues. Right. Um, and there's some exercises we do for um, right after the surgery, kind of post-op aftercare, mm-hmm. and um, we want to make sure that wound heals really well. Right. There's some homeopathic remedies that can be used to help baby go through this process of healing and recovery. And what you often see, too, is after the release, just like I was saying with the shoelace analogy, right. that um, they have to work different muscles now at the breast when they're feeding. And so they're going to get fatigued easily with breastfeeding. So moms, you know, they get the release and they're like, why isn't this helping? Like, give it time. Your baby has gone through. Could be uh, days uh, or weeks before it's Definitely really up to in the weeks oh my gosh, timeline yeah. for sure. Three or four weeks is typically, you know, it's a journey. And I tell my clients that. I'm like, it's a journey to be on to get the tongue tie release and to do this well. We don't want to just be like, snip, and we're good. Right. It's, I want you to be involved and like on this journey intentionally if you decide to get a tongue tie release. And some parents, they're like, I don't, I don't want to do it. I'm not, let's just bottle feed. Mm-hmm. And if they want to do that, if they want to exclusively pump and bottle feed their babies, I'll help them get, you know, reach those goals. Right. Um, so I do love that you're so open and not judgmental about it. I know we are all about breastfeeding. And, you know, with the, when I, so here's the thing. I can't diagnose a tongue tie as a lactation consultant, as an IBCLC even. Mm -hmm. Um, but I can say what I see and I can, you know, see, say that it's consistent with what I've seen in other babies who were diagnosed with tongue ties. So I'm going to send you to this pediatric dentist XYZ, they're going to do a full expert evaluation. They're going to give you all of your options and we'll go from there. Fantastic. So, um, yeah, that was long story long, but... I'm fascinated (laughs) by this one little thing. I mean, because it's watching them struggle and even potentially lose weight. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I still have so much to learn, but I'm thankful that I've gone through a couple... Um, courses Mm -hmm. that have helped me get this far in my knowledge and experience. It's not a huge thing in the IBCLC training or the CLE training. Yeah, so the lactation training that I did, I I don't know if it's different for other lactation programs, but we touched on tongue tie. Like, oh yeah, this is a thing. Probably because they think of it as a surgical thing, which means it's for Yeah, and then they're like, just refer out. Just send them to another provider. But I'm like, no, no, no. So not you, I want to to know how to do (laughs) this. So I had to (laughs) seek out another course um, to do this on my own. And I'm so glad that I did because it's really expanded my practice and um, how I can help families. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Yeah. Great info.
Hope you enjoyed this. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Birth Nurses Podcast. If you enjoyed this, there are a few ways you can support us. First, you can share this podcast with your pregnant friends or new moms. Secondly, you can write a review and rate us on iTunes. And thirdly, we would love if you would check out our Instagram accounts and websites. I'm on Instagram as Preparented and online www.preparented.com. And Liz is on Instagram as Birth Nurse Liz, and her website is birthandbeyond.net. Thanks for listening.